Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Homister with you. As always, Kurt, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, pal. We have a uh, we're getting in the offseason, which, you know, for, for a mm. lot of football fans, it's, it's, you know, the downtime, no football. But for us, we get we get to have the guests back on. We get to have the offseason talk. We got a lot of fun stuff planned for us. So we got a lot of fun stuff planned for this uh, episode 48 here. So I will let you do the honors, my friend. Yes, joining us now is Super Bowl champion kicker, Ryan Suckup from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ryan, mate, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to be here. Absolutely. It's good. We, this is our first time we've had a kicker on the show, so this is, uh, this is very <laughs> exciting for us, especially since you are the new Super Bowl champions of the world. Uh, so, Ryan, how does that feel? It's been just, you know, just over a little bit of a week now. Has it set in? Have you really just taken it all in that you guys are Super Bowl champions? Champions, it happened. Yeah, it's been it's been an amazing ten days or so. Um, you know what a ride it's been. An amazing season for our team, and uh, to be able to go out and win the game the, the way that we did last Sunday was uh, was just incredible. So uh, I think it has started to sink in a little bit. Uh, you, know, you get a lot of texts, a lot of phone calls, a lot of people congratulating you, which is really neat. And um, you know it's been great. I, I got back home to Nashville. I'm in Nashville with my family and uh, getting to celebrate with them. We're snowed in up here right now. We've been uh, <laughs> taking the kids sledding every day, having a ball. So just uh, awesome. just doing the dad life. Awesome. How's it been for you specifically over the past year? Because obviously 2019, you dealt with the injury. You signed with Tampa Bay this past offseason. What was it like for you just being able to get that redemption in, obviously? I mean, did you expect it to go as well as it did? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think this this year was really special for me in the sense that I went through a lot of adversity last year in 2019. And, um, you know, I, the first 10 years of my career had kind of gone along really well and uh, was able to stay healthy and um, and have some really good, you know, some really good years. And then uh, I, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, 2019 hit, had a little bit of a hiccup, a little bit of an injury and uh, just wasn't able to to come back, you know, necessarily the way that I wanted to. And um, that was tough. And I think that made this year even more meaningful to me. Uh, just after what I went through last year, being able to come back, get healthy, the work that that took, uh, the, the work and kind of the, the dedication that that took to come back from. And, uh, you know, when you're away from the game for a little bit, it makes you realize how much you really love the game. You miss it. You miss not being around the guys. And um, this year was really special for me uh, just to, just to be able to know that I can still do it and, and really to come back and probably have one of the best seasons that I've ever had was, uh, was awesome. Uh, and it, during, during probably the weirdest season of all, I mean, it, weird for everybody, especially for the players, for you. And you mentioned, you know, now you're home, you're with your family. First time in probably a few months now, you haven't had to go through the testing every day and the, the, the <laughs> daily protocols and all that. It, it's probably a, a nice little relief, a nice little uh, relaxing time for you, but you know, 
this this is a strange season for everybody. And, and luckily, you know, the NFL made it through. That everything went smoothly. We made it to the Super Bowl. You guys won it. It's awesome. But Ryan, you did. You were placed on the on the reserve COVID list in mid December there. And you know, luckily everything's good. You're, you're feeling good now, I assume. And just kind of run me through what that whole process was like from a player standpoint. You know, to to go through these daily screenings and the, all these protocols they had to follow throughout the entire season. Yeah, it was certainly a challenge. Um, I think that's something that, you know, our head coach really did a great job of making sure everyone was on board with. And, um, you know, we, he kept saying we're not going to let the virus beat us. And so uh, I think as a team, we did a really good job of that. Um, you know, certainly getting tested every day is a little bit different. Um, but you know what? You, you adapt, you adjust to it, you get used to it. Uh, and then for me, yeah, I had a little bit of a scare in December. Um, had, all of a sudden, had a had a positive test come back. Uh, it fortunately turned out to be a false positive, and um, I was able to play that week. And you know, never had any symptoms or anything. But it's even that week, I was sitting there going, "Man, I really do not want to miss a game." Uh, you get in a rhythm, you love being out there with your guys and playing. And um, that was something that where even for a couple of days there, I was there going, "Gosh, I hope I get a chance to play." And fortunately, I was able to. But um, yeah, like you said, I'm really proud of our team for the way that that we bought in and, um, you know, guys listened to the protocols, followed the protocols, and uh, we didn't really let it affect us too much. Take us back to November after you guys had fallen to seven and five, you lose three straight. What's the mentality of the locker room at that point in the season? Yeah, I think that's I, that's another reason I'm so proud of our team is that, um, you know, we were, the, we were the team that continued to work hard, continued to improve, and it seemed like we got better. Uh, even after going through a little bit of adversity like that. And so uh, the team came together. You know, we had our bye week, uh, I think, after the after that. And uh, we came back. We won the last four of the regular season. Um, and it, you could kind of really start to feel it clicking. Uh, offensively, defensively, special teams, just everyone in the building, you could feel things really starting to click. And so when we got into the playoffs, we had a ton of confidence. And, um, you know, I think – I don't think anyone was surprised with the end result at least in our building and uh, the way the playoff run, playoff run went because um, we were a team that was playing a lot of confidence, playing really well, and that showed up big for us in the playoffs and obviously in the Super Bowl. Definitely. The the hottest team in football, you know, it was even started before the season started, you know, big Tom Brady comes in and it was, it was an exciting time at Tampa Bay, but Ryan, kind of give me, give me from your point of view, a player's point of view, playing in a Super Bowl, this was your first Super Bowl, Playing in a Super Bowl in your home field, first time that's ever happened, winning the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know, it's not not the normal year. It wasn't a packed stadium, but still, I mean, did it live up to, to your dreams as a child? Uh, just winning that Super Bowl, finally being able to see that trophy and the confetti falling? Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, I think it was a little bit extra special getting to do it in our home stadium. No one's ever done that before. And, um, you know, obviously the, the, the people in Tampa Bay, they came out and supported this big time. They were there for us all year. And, um, so being able to do that in front of our fans was really special. Um, and then as far as the confetti falling, you know, I've always dreamed about it ever since I had children, how cool it would be to have my kids out there on the field celebrating with me. My wife was out there. And that was just – that's a moment that I'll, I'll never forget. I don't think my kids will ever forget it, and I know I'll never forget get it just getting a getting a you know my five-year-old he's out there running he's wanting to score touchdowns in the end zone confetti fall it was it was an unbelievable moment something I'm very blessed to be able to experience and uh really really grateful for that opportunity it was it was special awesome. you know a lot of people were saying that uh we just want 2020 to end we just want every year we just wanted to get back to normal when they said get back to normal I don't think a lot of them meant we don't want to see Tom Brady win another damn Super Bowl but lo and behold that's what happened, man. And did you guys kind of embrace that role of being kind of the villains? Because, you know, when Tom Brady signs there and we get into the playoffs, everybody's like, there's no way he's going to do this again, is he? And then lo and behold, it happens. Did you guys kind of embrace that role? Was it kind of talked about at all in the locker room with Tom or B.A. or anybody? You know, it really was not ever 
talked about. I think the thing that was so cool about our team is we really just came to work every day focused on on trying to improve, trying to get better. And uh, that was sort of the mentality when you walk through the door. Um, the, you know, what was so amazing is we had so many great players on the team and um, there were nobody was it was just an unselfish group of guys that just they had one thing collectively that we wanted to do, and that was to win. And so that was what we were focused on was how do we get better? How do we win? Um, and that, I think, is what made our team so special. And obviously, Tom's leadership and um, his play and all, just all the things that he brings to the table are a big reason why we were able to do that. Definitely. Now, now Ryan, you got you guys went through the parade. Everything everything went smooth. You know, you had the, the, boat, uh, the boat parade, which was pretty cool, but – were you anywhere near the uh, the beanbag toss of the Lombardi Trophy at all? <laughs> yeah, no. So I uh, I was not on that boat, and uh, <laughs> I actually did not did not see it in person, but uh, certainly saw plenty of videos of it. And, uh, yes. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty awesome. You know, that whole parade was incredible. <laughs> yeah. The people that the, the city of Tampa, the way they came out, our fans, it was unbelievable. I've never been in a, a Super Bowl parade before. That was obviously my first one, but mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I think that a boat parade beats. The uh, the normal bus parade, ten out of ten. That was 10. pretty cool. That was pretty. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, people were celebrating. Tom's tossing the Lombardi. Cam uh, Cam Braid making making a great catch. He's yes. got great hands, and uh, you know he was sure handed with that thing as well. So that was that was pretty special. So as we get into the off season, um, it'll be it's a contract year for you. Obviously, is there anything you can tell us about the possibility of you coming back to Tampa Bay? Yeah, I, I'm, I'll, that stuff will work itself out. I, I usually don't really get into any of that stuff. So um, I appreciate your guys' question. We'll, uh, we'll see how things break out here in the next few weeks. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get you back on after you sign that contract. Then we'll <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan Suckup, Super Bowl champion kicker from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My friend, we appreciate your time. Um, good luck throughout the offseason. And like Kurt said, we'll definitely uh, have you on once, uh, once that contract situation, wherever it may be, is taken care of. We appreciate your time. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Y'all be good. Thanks, Ryan. All right, Ryan. Yep, take, take care. Ryan, Ryan is suck up. Super Ryan Bowl suck champion. Up. Super yes, Bowl sir. champion. That is the uh, – it was perfect timing for us. It was, you know, we right after the Super Bowl is over, bring him on a week later is perfect timing. But, Jared, did you know that Ryan Suckup is the first ever Mr. Irrelevant from the 2009 draft? First – he got drafted in 2009. First ever Mr. Irrelevant to play and win – in a Super Bowl. So how about that on our show on Laces Out? Yeah, you texted me that earlier, and I was like, that <laughs> seems like a stat that doesn't seem real because it, I, I just never thought about it. But, yeah, no, that is really cool and good for him. I mean, yeah, like, like, we, like we said, I mean, last year in Tennessee, you know, he dealt with the injury. Um, they cut him. They signed Stefan Kostowski. His future's kind of up in the air. And then this year, I mean, he has the best year of his career. He goes 28 to 31. Uh, I believe it was the highest percentage of his career as well. So, I mean, he just he balled out when they needed him to. He did. Um, and as a vital part of that team. So, now, always grateful for guys coming on and giving us some time. This one is no different. Ryan Suckup, Super Bowl champion kicker from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, that's a good way to kick off the show, my friend, as we uh, we dive into, I guess it's officially day one of the NFL offseason. Is that what I heard? Uh, what, what I think. I mean, I think I have it right here. Hang on. February 23rd right. through March ah. 9th, um, the window to apply franchise tags open. So I think that's there kind of the, technically the start. All and right. then March 15th to March 17th, legal negotiating window uh, for free agents. And then March 17th, free agency and the new league year begins, my friend. So Beautiful. March 17th is when, uh, when all those names, all the pens go to paper and we get the new uh new jersey numbers and all that fun stuff 
And there's going to be a lot of them to talk about. And um, I mean, my, we might as well do it in the present because there's a bunch of guys that are going to be wearing new uniforms. A lot of big name guys that are going yes. to be wearing new uniforms next year. Um, and we look at the most notable ones right now. You know, we've talked about J.J. Watt in the show already, but obviously he's kind of the big one that everybody's paying a lot of attention to. I mean, what is it? Three-time defensive player of the year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Or is it two? So I think, it's, I think it's three. I want to say it's three. Um, and obviously the prospects of him. The big three right now seem to be Green Bay, Cleveland, Pittsburgh in terms of his most likely destinations. It seems like Green Bay is kind of taking the lead in that aspect. I, I, well, I don't know. I, I think – See, it's tough because, I mean, like you said, with with the free agent class this year, it's there's going to be a lot of good names that get cut. You know, a lot of good players that that they're not bad. That's not why they're getting cut. It's just the league cap is getting cut down. There's going to be a lot of guys on high contracts that just teams can't afford. They they need to cut down those those high cap numbers so that they can fit more players, get more depth, and we're going to see that a lot once free agency starts rolling forward here. So. It's going to take some some dancing. You know, I, I think Green Bay, a team like Green Bay and a team like Pittsburgh, they're going to have to make some moves to free up some space. Um, even, you know, Buffalo, too. I, I think Buffalo, there, I believe there's 12 teams that J.J. Watt said he was, you know, there's 12 teams on his list. What, maybe five of them are, are serious on that list. Um, but I, I think, I, I just, I find it hard to believe that, that Pittsburgh is going to be able to make some room. I, I really do. I don't know. Give me, give me your standpoint from this. I just think it'll be very hard for them to fit something like that in their contracts. Well, a lot of Pittsburgh affiliated reporters today, um, specifically uh, Adidike Obala from NFL network. Um, she was one of the ones that tweeted out something that Kevin Colbert said that was very telling on the future of the quarterback situation there saying it sounded so similar to when Les yes. needed said, well, Jared yes. Goff is on our roster right <laughs> now. And so that's, I think that's a little bit of a look into where Ben Roethlisberger's future is. And that's not at all what I expected to hear pretty much saying, well, Ben Roethlisberger's on our roster right now. And in order, you know, there's going to be some things I need tinker with. So it's um, in terms of their cap. I mean, obviously that's the biggest thing is Ben Roethlisberger. And if they can't come to some sort of agreement, then Ben won't be there. And that'll free up a lot of cap room, but even when it comes to that, I think that they've got more important things than they need to pay attention to specifically the quarterback position. If Ben isn't back um, now, that can mean that they could trade up and try to get a guy like Trey Lance. Um, or if they just really go for it and somehow get up into the top three and try to get a Zach Wilson, which <laughs> I, I will I, hold my breath I wouldn't for. even want to talk to you if that happened. If Zach Wilson ends up in you a Steelers would. uniform, I'm going to be the most unbearable human being yes. on planet earth. So yes, you would. So there's a lot that they need to, to worry about right now as well. And they got a bunch of their own guys they need to worry about. You know, Bud Dupree, it, it looks less and less likely by the day that he'll be back, which as a Steelers my, fan, you hate my, to see. My point for this is if you're going to sign J.J. Watt, if you're going to bring him in and spend the money on him, why wouldn't you just pay the money for Bud Dupree? Exactly. I, the yes. thing is maybe, I mean, I don't know. I'm literally just saying maybe he doesn't want to be there. Maybe he wants to test free agency. But if you're the Steelers, Bud Dupree is a lot younger. He's right now. He, he might be a better, better player. Why wouldn't you spend more money and keep him around than bring in a guy like JJ Watt, who's maybe going to sign for two years and not going to be the player that he was. And you, you risk an injury like that. I did. I would, if I'm the Steelers, I lean more towards Bud Dupree than I do JJ Watt. I don't, I don't pay too much attention to JJ Watt. 
No, and the only reason that they are is because TJ and Derek are both there. And <laughs> right. if if they weren't, I don't think this is a story. So yeah, you know, it's it is a pain. I I do want to see Bud Dupree back. Likelihood of it happening isn't high. So no, they've got their own stuff to worry about. But there are plenty of other guys that we need to dive into in terms of you know new teams next year. And I'll let you go down the little list that we compiled because there's a bunch of them. Well, we, we have we have about 10 here. So uh, anybody listening, buckle up. We, we'll have some uh, free agent predictor talk here. So we'll stick with the Steelers. Seems like your, your, your good friend, your favorite player, Juju Smith-Schuster, will not be returning to Pittsburgh. That would be my guess. I could be wrong. I'm not in the front office. Give me, give me a couple teams or maybe just one team that you, you think Juju could land on uh, coming uh, this, this March when free agency opens up. If Sam Darnold is back in New York, I think he goes to the Jets. It makes okay. too much sense. They need somebody to be a legit go-to guy. Say what you want about Juju. He's a solid, solid receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a very good number two. I don't think he's a starting number one. But regardless, I think getting him to New York to reunite with his old college teammate Sam Darnold would work wonders for that offense. If Sam Darnold's in New York, I think that's where Juju ends up. If he's not, I could see Carolina being an option. I'm, Robbie Anderson had a good year last year. They need a number two there. Um, I like Samuel. I think he's more of a, you know, a gimmick-type player who works better from the slot. I think you can put Juju on the outside or in the slot. You can never have too many weapons on offense there. They're going to have a new quarterback there as well. So, I mean, if you get – if you're the Panthers and you're able to draft Trey Lance to combine with Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, Samuel, and get Juju Smith-Schuster in the mix with a good mm-hmm. tight end that they're definitely going to add yep. right there. You've got a very, very fun offense to talk about going forward. So I, uh, I like the odds of him going to either New York or Carolina. Those would be my top two for him. Um, as of right now, uh, let's say you, what do you think could be I, a potential I got, destination? I, I had the jets on, on my list too, but I, for, for all these guys, I listed at least, a, at least two teams. So okay. my second team, what about the Las Vegas Raiders? I think you, you look at the Raiders, Derek Carr arguably played maybe like a te- top 10 quarterback. He played great. This he past was season. good. He is really owning up to the fact that this is his team even if he doesn't have the best uh, supporting cast around him, you know, Henry Ruggs came in, didn't play terribly. He was dealing with some injuries, but didn't play to his draft position. What we thought he was going to be. He, he was the first wide receiver taken in the draft last year. Nelson Aguilar had a great rebirth. I mean, he came over to, to Las Vegas and he played very well for them. You had Juju Smith Schuster into that group. That is a, pretty dynamic offense those three wide receivers Darren Waller Josh Jacobs Derek Carr at the helm that that's a you're in the division with the Kansas City Chiefs you need to score points you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster he doesn't necessarily have to be the number one wide receiver because Henry Ruggs could turn into that he's a Nelson Aguilar would be a very nice counterpiece to him I think they can make it work and they might have to move some pieces around again like I said with this cap space um this this offseason but we've seen so many teams do it. They can make it happen. I think Juju would fit pretty well there in Las Vegas. And I think him and Derek Carr could be a very nice duo. Not to mention Brian Edwards, the uh, second year, going to be second year man out of South Carolina looked pretty well mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Wouldn't it be hilarious to see after all the beef that Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio <laughs> Brown had to see Juju go to the same team that AB originally did after he left oh, Pittsburgh, yes. it would be poetic. But no, yeah, I but, do I, like, but I think I, I think like Juju, I think he could, I think he could succeed in Las Vegas, unlike AB, who, who's now a Super Bowl champ. But that, that's another story. You know what? Say what you want about Antonio Brown. 
And I could say a lot of bad things about Antonio Brown. <laughs> he's never been a horrible football player. He scored a touchdown in the That's Super true. Bowl. He's played well since he got to Tampa. He earned the ring. I'm not going to take that away from him. Um, and we'll leave it at that on Antonio okay. Brown. So, <laughs> what, what play you want to move on to uh, to next year, Bill? I'll let you, you – you know what? You probably have the list more in front of you than I do. So, right. you can keep working down that list. All right. You want offense or defense? Let's go defense. Okay. Defensive side of the ball. Just came out pretty much today. It was kind of rumored, but I think kind of confirmed today that Richard Sherman will no longer be with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, who I think the 49ers are going to stay bad next year. But we'll dive into that later in the offseason. But Richard Sherman will not be a 49er anymore after being with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. So where do you have him landing for the 2021 season? Also the Jets. <laughs> it just makes too much sense, doesn't it? Yeah, they need yeah. a ton of help in the secondary. His defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, is now the head man over in New York. I would be incredibly shocked if he doesn't go to the Jets, honestly. Um, it would just make too much sense. He could be a mentor there. He's still a very solid corner that they can put into that rotation. He'd be, at worst, CB2. He's probably going to be the starter um, for at least the next year. You let him – you bring in other guys to that secondary, young guys who he can mentor and mold they're going to be great. I think that Robert Sala knows that he's going to do everything he can to get Richard Sherman. there. probably won't take a lot of effort to get him there. So mm -hmm. I think Richard Sherman is going to be a New York jet. And I think a thing to remember while we go through all this, the jets have a ton of money. To spend. I think they so have they, the most cap space in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're, they're right behind be Jacksonville. Jacksonville. They're right behind Jacksonville. So Jacksonville and New York, you hear a free agent on the market Jacksonville and New York literally need every position. So they will most likely be at least somewhat linked to that position. Um, so I, I did, I had the, I had Richard Sherman tagged to the jets a little bit, but I'll give you my pitch for the Buffalo bills. And here is why. Oh goodness. So every year since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have come in since 2017, they've, they've added to the secondary every year they've come in, whether that be a one-year deal, a two-year deal, they bring somebody in that's a veteran presence Going back to 2017, you know, EJ Gaines was a younger player, but they brought him in. They brought in Vontae Davis. That didn't really work out, obviously, but at the <laughs> time, it, it was a good it was a good thought, bringing a veteran presence. They brought in Kurt Coleman. They brought in Josh Norman. Every single year, it seems like they bring in one guy that is a veteran presence that can help the secondary, that can complement Trey White very nicely. What's a better piece to add on the opposite side of Trey White than Richard Sherman? Now, Levi Wallace... Josh Norman, they're both free agents this year. Um, there's rumors they might try to bring back Levi Wallace. They liked what he saw, what they saw, but I don't really see him as a good number two corner. You bring in Richard Sherman, he doesn't have to cover the number one wide receiver. You, you leave that to Trey White. You leave that for the safeties behind you there and, and Hyde and Poyer. I think this could be a match made in heaven. I really do. If you get him on a cheaper deal, which – I don't think Richard Sherman would really command too much of a, a, a hefty contract. I don't know exactly how old he is, but I want to say he's 32, 33 right now. Um, but no, um, I agree with you. I think that they can get him on the cheap because he kind of, he got a little bit overpaid in that last contract with the 49ers mm -hmm. simply because, you know, he kind of earned that uh, yep. in a time with Seattle. Um, but no, I could definitely, you know, you kind of sold me on the, the legitimacy of that <laughs> and then becoming coming to fruition. So no, I mean, it would be a good fit. Um, that said, I would still be shocked if he doesn't land in uh, in New York. Um, and I think, you know, you pointed to this earlier in terms of the cap space. One of these teams, whether it be the Jets or Jaguars or even a little bit of both, we could see them have a very Dolphin-like offseason that Miami had last year where it seemed like every free agent was going to Miami because they could afford it. Yep. Um, so 
wouldn't surprise me at all if we see a few big name guys go to Jacksonville, a few big name guys go to the Jets simply because they can't afford to get these guys. Real quick, I have the uh, team cap space in front of me. The Jaguars are number one right now. They have the most cap space at around 77. Uh, the Colts are right behind them, surprisingly. I always forget oh, wow. about the Colts. I always forget that the Colts are very – they have a good front office. They know what they're doing. Colts are at 69. Jets are at 68. So they're right behind them. Then Patriots, Washington, Bengals, Broncos, blah, 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 blah. So Jaguars have a lot of money to spend, but so do the Colts. And the Colts are very – very in it they are they are a couple pieces away obviously a quarterback away from being a super bowl contender so they are definitely a team to remember this offseason um all right let's let's move on i got another name here for you we'll go back to uh, we'll go back we got i got a couple of wide receivers on this list too because there's okay. there's two good guys that you want to keep an eye on but Allen robinson he's been stuck mm. in chicago with mitch trubisky nick Foles as his quarterback he's Every single year, he seems like he's been a top wide receiver. He just doesn't have a quarterback to throw it to him. So my question to you, is he going to stick around in Chicago or is he just going to break free? It's about time Allen Robinson breaks free from horrible quarterback play. (laughs) Um, And there are a few different options for him to go. Let me make this pitch to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that Allen Robinson is going to go to a contender. I think he's going to go to a team where he can win now. But let me throw this one in as a monkey wrench. Cincinnati. Joe Burrow okay. coming back from an injury. Mm-hmm. A.J. Green isn't going to be there anymore. Allen Robinson, I think, is just a more talented version of A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. You okay. give Joe Burrow, Allen Robinson, they're going to make a lot of adjustments on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive line as well. You got Allen Robinson, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. If they can improve the offensive line, right there, Cincinnati, I think, is at minimum a 7-8 win team. If they can fix a little bit on the defensive side of the ball as well, they could be in contention for a wild card spot with that core. Um, Now, in terms of contenders where he would want to go, with the quarterback, you know, expected moves to be made this offseason with a bunch of, you know, guys going to be in new uniforms, it's kind of hard to project. I mean, Seattle, I think, would be one that would make a lot of sense to give him DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, and Tyler Lockett. With Tyler Lockett and DK? All right. right. I think it would be disgusting to put him there. (laughs) Um, If you want to say maybe San Francisco, depending on what they do with their quarterback situation, that would make some sense as well. Um, Somewhere where a team is in very much win-now mode and could Mm -hmm. use – you know, another big time receiver. What, where's, where's a spot that you could see him going? I, I got two and I, I'm surprised you didn't mention either of them, but I, I got two for you. So let's just say the Miami dolphins are, are looking at this off season saying we could, we could risk it and draft a guy. You know, we have, we have a top, we have two top picks in the draft in the, in the first round. We could go with a guy like Jamar chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonte Smith, or you go for the proven talent. You have Devonte Parker, who's been, you know, kind of banged up. He had a few injuries this past season, but when he's healthy, he is no doubt a number one wide receiver. So add in Allen Robinson on that. You need, you need to get weapons on that offense because the Miami dolphins just struggle tremendously because they don't have many options on offense. They had, they had Jakeem Grant as their number one wide receiver at a point last year. So get some weapons in there for Tua. Tua didn't look great, but again, he didn't really have too many weapons. Mike Gusecki a very nice tight end. They need to establish a run game. They got to fix the offensive line a little bit. Spend some money. Get get. They spent money last year, but didn't really get too many weapons on offense. So Miami Dolphins could be a, a choice there. I had an, an interesting one. 
you know, I, I think the Bengals one is is good because Joe Burrow is going to attract any weapon, any offensive mm-hmm. weapon in any market. I mean, he he's a great young quarterback. This team's kind of on the rise. This team might not have the best quarterback situation, but if they throw a lot of money at him, I don't know why he would really say no. And that's the New York Giants. You know, Daniel Jones doesn't have a ton of weapons. He's had Evan Ingram, who's just had the case of the drops his entire career. Saquon Barkley was out, but they, you know, they were getting it going a little bit at the end of the year there. Bring in Allen Robinson. I don't know if you'd want to go from Mitchell Trubisky to Daniel Jones, but <laughs> money talks. So I think. I think the Giants, this is a big offseason for them because they've been very mediocre for a ton of years. And they have a quarterback that I guess they believe in. Might not be the answer, but you can win games with him. Go for it. Get some weapons in there. Help out your quarterback and see what he can do. You know, a weird thing that could cross my mind is maybe he goes back to the AFC South, maybe Tennessee. I love A.J. Brown. Um, Corey Davis is a free agent too. So yeah, exactly. So if they let Corey Davis walk, you bring in Allen Robinson to pair with AJ Brown, Ryan Santa, that would be absolutely Mm -hmm. disgusting. So now Tennessee has a lot more problems that they need to, they need to worry about that pass rush because it's abysmal, but there's no such thing as too many weapons and Tampa Bay proved that this past year. So, um, now I can't see this really happening either, but it'd be fun to talk about Let's say he goes back to Jacksonville and hangs out with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I really was when we were when I was kind of planning this a little bit. So uh, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I yeah. feel like he thinks that the Jaguars did him wrong. He got hurt. They didn't bring him back. I don't think he's going to go back to Jacksonville. Um, but it's fun to kind of speculate. It is. It is. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars could be a very, very interesting team with the amount of money, the amount of draft mm-hmm. capital that they have. So uh, and and one more that could make sense: Dallas, if if Dak. You know, we could see that you know play out pretty well. If- Dallas, Dallas has so many weapons, though. They they have Amari Cooper, they have Michael Gallup, they have CD Lamb. I, I don't I don't think their problem is weapons. I think they just oh need yeah, to- that's. <laughs> that, but you know that's you fair. know Jerry Jones likes to spend, so yeah. honestly, wouldn't be too surprised. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to a running back here, who's probably the premier running back of this free agency class. Aaron Jones going from Green Bay. Don't know. Maybe he signs back in Green Bay. We don't really know. But for fun's sake and for for mm-hmm. talking sake, let's talk about some teams that maybe he could go to. For me, I have two teams on my list. One of them I'll explain after you go, but I'm going to throw out the Miami Dolphins again. Same reason that I had for, for uh, Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. This just seems like a very Miami Dolphins signing. Seems like they're <laughs> going to throw a lot of money at him when they don't have an offensive line. Granted, they might fix that offensive line this offseason, but it just seems like a very Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins thing to do is to sign Aaron Jones. But I'll give you my second team after you go because mine's a little interesting. But go ahead. Yeah, the Dolphins are known for signing running backs yes. and then killing them, a la Arian Foster, Reggie Bush. <laughs> so, um, I mean, my Steelers better be in the mix because mm-hmm. God knows yes. they need a running back. Um, okay. Aaron Jones is one of the more – he's so underrated for no reason. I mean, he's – I believe he is – second in touchdowns over the past two years in the nfl he could be first i need to look i need to look into that stat a little bit more he has absolutely proven his worth whether it's as a pass catcher out of the backfield or it's just a pure running back we saw what he did against the rams in the playoffs i would absolutely love an aaron jones on my team and um if he does become available and green bay doesn't bring him back then i would love to see the steelers make a push for him okay all right you ready for my uh my hot take I am. 
Okay. I'm, I'm sure you saw it, but there, there's rumors going around in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes that the Carolina Panthers are ready to offer three first round picks and Christian McCaffrey. So let's just say, let's just say they pull this off. They bring in Deshaun Watson. They ship out Christian McCaffrey. Bring in Aaron Jones. That, that's not a terrible trade-off. Christian McCaffrey to Aaron Jones gives Deshaun Watson another running back to, uh, or another weapon to use, a good run game. He's already got some good wide receivers. Carolina could make some noise if they bring in Deshaun Watson, and I think I think that would be a very, very fun signing and a very fun team to watch next season if that happened. It's just you're making I'm me you're, throwing it out there. You're making me do that. Okay, smile. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I could definitely see that. That's good. <laughs> No, way to think outside the box, yes. Kurt Homicer. No, thank you. I love that. No, I absolutely love that. And by the way, Carolina should absolutely make that mm-hmm. trade if it's possible. You give three yes. first, Christian McCaffrey, you get Deshaun Watson, shake hands and move on. I think that's perfect for both mm-hmm. sides. Um, unfortunately for Christian McCaffrey, I don't think he's going to be too happy <laughs> about it. But, you know, if – now let's say they do do that trade. If you're McCaffrey in that point, okay, yeah, you're in Houston. It's kind of a dumpster fire of an organization. But you got – now what the seventh overall pick in the draft which mm-hmm. could lead to a trey lance and then you're kind of sitting there okay you know i haven't really been in a winning situation recently if christian mccaffrey goes to houston and they get all those picks it could resolve itself in the next two years or so um i just don't want to be in houston if i'm any player right no, now no, and no, i think no. that's good i think that's what's going to make it very very hard to get a deal done but no i love your mindset on that i think that's very i think that it's very fun to think about you know yes. To see Carolina flip Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey into Deshaun Watson and Aaron Jones, I think that would be absolutely just the storyline of the offseason, and we would pay a lot of attention to it. Matt Rule did a lot of good things for that team last offseason. He really Mm -hmm. focused heavy on that defense, and I think they'll still invest a decent amount in the defense this offseason, but I think, you know, this is this is the time of year when we just kind of have nothing to talk about, so we bring up things like that. But yeah. just remember this in case it does happen. Um, all right, Here, so we got... let's, let's take a quick break. We'll come back okay. to all this because we can, right. we're can. we running out of time. So we'll take a quick break. We'll return right after this. This is Laces Out. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homister with you. Uh, if you enjoyed the last segment with Ryan Sucka, big appreciate or we appreciate him coming on. Big thank you for that. As we continue going down this list of uh, the bigger names of NFL free agency and where we can project them to go, Kurt, who is next? Uh, yeah, we got we got a couple names left here. I know we're we're having fun. I love I love free agency talk. Who doesn't? You know, mm-hmm. there are rumors of their team being linked to a big name. It's always always a fun time and i know you're probably going to be thinking about that aaron jones the carolina one for yeah i am quite the next few weeks here because i know i know that that tickles your fancy i know you like that kind of stuff so uh, (laughs) let's go let's let's keep it going with with the offensive weapons here let's uh let's stick with kenny galladay his team his quarterback is gone matt stafford is 
shipped out to LA. They get a new guy, Jared Goff, coming in here. Kenny's been kind of stuck on a very bad and mediocre team in Detroit. What's he going to do? Is he going to, is he going to stick around? There's rumors that, that Detroit might think about franchise tagging him. Um, you know, he can't do anything about that if that happens, but uh, what do you say? Where's Kenny Galladay going to end up in 2021? Depends on their quarterback situation. And I think Kenny Galladay is similar to Allen Robinson in the fact that there's a lot of suitors that will want him more so for Allen Robinson, obviously, but um if I'm Kenny Galladay and this team gets a solid quarterback going forward this offseason, Washington seems like an interesting spot. Yes. Um, okay. You know, you'll, so depending on what they do, I know that they just extended Heineke for really cheap. He's not the long-term answer. I would bet that, t- that Taylor Heineke isn't the long-term <laughs> answer in Washington. That said, you know, if they get a guy like Trey Lance or a, I don't even have to say a guy like one of these top four guys in the draft, mm-hmm. if they get any of them, or if they somehow get some other guy through a trade, I don't think Deshaun Watson will be there. But, you know, if they get a quarterback that is competent and lures in free agents, uh, I think that Kenny Galladay could be a guy that they target to get as that number two to Terry McLaurin. Because outside of Terry McLaurin, their receiver room is bad. Um, <laughs> it's not nothing against Steven Sims. He showed a lot of promise as the slot guy. But Cam Sims, he had a few major drops in the playoffs. And outside of those three, honestly, I don't think I can name another receiver on their roster. So mm. it's well, Logan Thomas is a good tight end. That's the yeah. tight and, end. Antonio, but... Antonio Gandy Golden, a guy who we both yes, like, yes. who was very underutilized this year, um, is another one. But outside of those few guys, I mean, their offense needs a lot of help. Defensively, mm-hmm. we know they're really good, but they need more weapons on offense, like a fish needs water. So mm-hmm. um, I think that Washington would be obviously that depends on their quarterback situation and making it attractive for guys like Galladay to go there, but that would be a very good step in the right direction. I think, you know, this, this off season for Washington, their defense is great. Their defense is, is phenomenal. They played great last year, but their offense just can't put up points. And, you know, Alex Smith played well when he was in there doing the best that he can. He had a great story. Ron Rivera is a fantastic coach. Get a quarterback in there really they might just be a quarterback away. Obviously they need some more help. Terry McLaurin's a great wide receiver, but they're a quarterback away. Dwayne Haskins wasn't getting it done. Alex Smith is, isn't going to get it done. Taylor Heineke played his heart out in the playoffs, but he, he's not going to be the long-term answer like you said, but uh, we are thinking on the same page. And for anybody listening, we do not plan this. We, we, we had a list of, of players that we were going to run through, but we don't know who was going to pick who Washington was on my list as well, but I did have another name. The Baltimore Ravens just need wide receivers so badly, so mm-hmm. badly that they had Des Bryant last year. They tried to bring him in and said, maybe he still got it. Maybe he still has it, but he does not. Um, so mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay in a Baltimore Ravens uniform with Marquise Brown on the other side, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson running wild. Baltimore needs to help Lamar Jackson. He's not going to win the game with his arm. We know that. We've talked about that a billion times. He's not great at throwing the ball. Yes, he can throw the ball. He won an MVP, mostly from his legs, but he's he needs help. He, he's not a quarterback that can do it all himself. And you bring in a guy like Kenny Galladay where you can trust that he's going to beat a guy one-on-one, that opens it up for Marquise Brown a little bit. The guy who they spent a first-round pick on, who they expected a lot more, not saying he's a bad player, I think he just needs more help around him. So 
any of these wide receivers that we've talked about, you know, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, even a guy too, who I just remembered before we started the second segment, T.Y. Hilton is going to be a free agent too. Um, mm-hmm. He He's a guy who's been in the league for, I think, nine years. He might just need a new change in scenery. He's been with the Colts for a long time. He played very well uh, earlier in his career, kind of dropped off a little bit. But he's a guy that could go out there and maybe a change in scenery could help him. Uh, so I would think any of these wide receivers that are coming to the market now, I would expect a team like Baltimore, a team like maybe Washington, um, all these teams that need wide receivers would be in on them, especially a team like the Jets. We haven't mentioned them, but just know that the Jets will probably be in on everybody this offseason. Mm-hmm. So this this offseason for wide receivers is going to be very, very interesting. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, T.Y. Hilton, even Chris Godwin's going to be a free agent, but I would assume – A.J. Green as well. A.J. Green as well. So a lot of these guys, you know, they might be on the move, and, and I think it's going to be the same, you know, five, six teams that will be in on all these wide receivers. Yeah, Kenny Galladay would look good in purple 19 getting missed downfield by Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Booyah! I got him! Oh, you thought I was going to take it you, easy on your Ravens fans. Oh, no, I got a zinger in there for you, too. You I always got always to sneak in something against Lamar Jackson. But oh, that's man, yeah. yes. No one would look better to be overthrown by 10 yards downfield than Kenny Galladay would, or underthrown for that matter. I'm just uh, – I am so happy that the accuracy jokes are not on Josh Allen anymore and they're on his, his classmate in Lamar Jackson. Yes. No, yes, <laughs> very much so. And, you know, Lamar Jackson would benefit from an offseason of working on his throwing mechanics like Josh Allen did. Um, to Jordan, to Jordan Palmer, better. where are you at? Jordan Palmer is the, the Messiah I mean, as a Steelers, for Josh Allen. As a, as a Steelers fan, Jordan Palmer can stay the hell away from Lamar Jackson. I <laughs> would, that would make me very happy yes. because Lamar Jackson struggles against Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. I would be more than happy to see him stay away. But regardless, yes, Baltimore does need receivers. Kenny Galladay would be a great addition. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Someone that I know you love. I know you love Jadavian Clowney. He might not be the player that he was, but he is a bigger name in the sport. And we like to talk about the bigger names. He was with Tennessee. I did. He, I don't remember exactly how and many he did he horrible. Played. Yeah. He, he, he was non-existent. He was very non-existent on a team that so desperately needed defensive help. Um, so what do you think? I have a feeling that Tennessee will bring him back. Uh, I, I just think that they're desperate for, for defensive help. And they said, wow, this guy hit somebody really hard in college and knocked his helmet off and let's bring him in because mm-hmm. you just never know. But has anyone, has anyone rode off one play in college and one <laughs> okay know. year for so long? Like on Clowney has. Oh God. I love it. I love it. We love it. Uh, but anyway, so Tennessee, if Tennessee's not in on it, I would say a team like Cleveland because I think Cleveland was rumored in, to be in on him last offseason when he was a free mm-hmm. agent. And Cleveland's a team that's in on J.J. Watt. Cleveland's a team that we know needs help on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Miles Garrett's a great player, but he needs help around him. So I, I think Jadavian Clowney could be, could be a guy that we see end up in Cleveland if that is the case. Um, I think Cleveland would also be near the top of that list. I think a team like Atlanta could be also at the top of that list. You know, a team who needs help up front and everywhere on defense. Um, I would just like to point out how, I mean, I just did, but my goodness, is there anybody more overrated than Jadevion Clowney? (laughs) There isn't, I don't think. No, I, I Um, I don't believe so. No, so yeah, I think Cleveland will be in the mix. I think, like I said, Atlanta would be a team that could benefit from adding a guy like him. Um, yeah, you know, I'm trying to run through my head. I just had one in my head, and then it escaped me. Uh, oh, 
I think Cincinnati is a team. I know I've said them already. Mm-hmm. I think that they mm-hmm. could use a little bit of help up front as well. Um, so yeah, Cincinnati could benefit from a guy like Clowney um, okay. as long as they use him right. So, I mean, yeah, he's definitely going to have his suitors for a specific role, but to say he's an elite pass rusher is a ginormous stretch. That is a, a huge stretch. The uh, Seattle Seahawks, the Seahawks didn't even really give up a lot for him, but they, uh, they brought in Carlos Dunlap and he, um, or no, Yes, it was. Yeah, Carlos yeah, yeah it's they brought him in, and and he played better than Jadavian Clowney did. So, uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's go to let's go to the offensive side of the ball. So we have right now uh, Hunter Henry, tight end from the Los Angeles Chargers, is going mm-hmm. to be a free agent. But there is also maybe another name that could get out there. There, there's rumors. Well, uh, I don't know if it's really rumors. I think it's just a matter of time before it happens. Zach Ertz will most likely be on the move, whether that be a trade or they will just flat out release him. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. He just has a lot of money attached to him. Um, and I don't know if a team's going to really want to give up, you know, even a draft pick for him. So I, I have a feeling Zach Ertz will eventually become a free agent. So let's just kind of let's let's pull these two guys together. Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry. Where could we maybe see these guys land? I think and it's going to be two teams that each of us have already mentioned. Your bills, I think, are at the top of that list for either one of them because mm-hmm. as much as you love Dawson Knox, I think that they could they yes. could benefit from a guy who's more talented at him mm-hmm. than at, at, at that starting position. So I think Buffalo could be a top suitor. Carolina is definitely going to be somebody in, in the market for a tight end because I couldn't tell you who their starting tight end was last year. <laughs> um, so now it all depends on what both decide to do in the draft. Um, if, I mean, let's say that you're, very fun and innovative Deshaun Watson trade comes to fruition and they get Hmm. Deshaun Watson. Obviously they're not going to have that first round pick anymore. So they wouldn't be able to get a guy like a Kyle Pitts. So I think they're going to really focus on free agency or a trade. I think they could wait Ertz out, sign him. If you're, if you're Zach Ertz and you're looking at your possibilities of your trade, Kurt is just really running through my head right now. (laughs) I knew it. would. I knew it. I love it. (laughs) So in this situation, Carolina flips Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey into Deshaun Watson Aaron Jones, possibly Juju Smith-Schuster, and Zach Ertz on offense, or Hunter Henry on offense. So that would be just an unbelievable turnaround in a short Mm -hmm. amount of time. So I think Carolina's a team that will be very much in the play for one of these guys. And like I said, Buffalo could very much benefit from a guy like Hunter Henry or Zach Ertz. Depends on what they do in the draft. You know, if they decide to take a guy like Pat Fryerman from Penn State, then that would solve a lot of the problems as well. I think to your point for the Bills, they made it – and Brandon Bean's uh, presser at the end of the season, he made it seem like they're definitely going to focus on the tight end position because they had Tyler Croft and Dawson Knox, Lee Smith on, on the roster as tight ends. They didn't play Tyler Croft. They made him inactive for maybe the last five, six games of the season. I don't, don't quote me exactly on that, but he was not active for a lot of those games for most of the season. They wanted to see what they had in Dawson Knox. Tyler Croft will be gone. I don't think they they loved what they saw from Dawson Knox. He he could be, you know, we we see tight ends in this league. It takes them a little while to get going and, and kind of come into their own in the league. So I think they definitely make tight end a, a point of uh, emphasis for this offseason. So, yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all if Zach Ertz – I think there was even rumors at the deadline that the Bills were linked to Zach Ertz before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, here's a couple of my teams for, for Zach Ertz or slash Hunter Henry, teams that need a tight end to help. We know that that the New England Patriots just love their tight ends. <laughs> we know we know they love them so much. So 
I would not be surprised in the slightest if one of these guys maybe gets overpaid a little bit by New England because you're going to have to convince a guy to come to New England. As yeah. weird as that sounds now, they don't have a quarterback. Their defense is running thin. They don't have weapons on offense. But that's the thing. New England needs weapons. And we love that they – we know that they love to run the the two tight end uh, runs out on offense. Bring in a guy like Zach Ertz. Bring in a guy like Hunter Henry. That helps your team. They're going to need a, lot, a whole lot more help. But uh, that, could, that could definitely help. And to your point of Carolina – I didn't know this either. We're, we're supposed to be experts in this field of football. I didn't mm-hmm. know that Ian Thomas was their number one tight end. I don't, I, I didn't, I know didn't that. either. I'm so, not going to pretend I did. I really just could not I'm tell really, you who their tight end was. I'm not going to pretend that I did either. So uh, I think, I think Carolina would make sense, but I'll, t- I'll tell you another team that makes sense. Cincinnati. We talked about them with the wide receivers, you know, the, Drew Sample, friend of the show. He was their number one tight end mm-hmm. last year as CJ Uzama went out. So like I said, Joe Burrow is going to be a very, very attractive piece to to pitch to guys like that are in the free agency uh, pool. You say we got this hot young quarterback, we got a team on the rise, we're going to fix this defense in the offseason. Come in, be this number one tight end for us, and help us out. I, I think, you know, a guy like Zach Ertz might need a change in scenery too. He's been with the Eagles for a long time, dealt with a ton of injuries, but you bring him to a new facility, new quarterback. I think that's a big thing too is, you know, he had Carson Wentz, but Wentz has been injured too. So those two have never yep. really been able to get on the same page. So change in scenery, Zach Ertz, I think he'll be on the move this year. I don't think anybody will trade for him. Yeah, no, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment to have. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him either, but no, I like those options for, I mean, he's going to be somewhere and he's going to mm-hmm. be a contributor. Uh, it's just a matter if he can stay healthy. So obviously, what about hey, what about Jacksonville too? We, we, we keep saying I said at the beginning, yeah, Jacksonville yeah. is going to be spending. Jacksonville is going to be spending on everybody because they have so much money to spend. So I could I could see them. You know, hey, look at this guy. We got Trevor Lawrence coming in here. Why don't you join yeah. us? Come with us. So and all the money that they have to offer. You know, who's their tight ends last year were Tyler Eifert and was that James O'Shaughnessy as their other tight end yes. last year? Yes, it was. Wow, good. So you didn't know the Panthers, but you knew the Jacksonville Jaguars. I did. Okay. <laughs> I did know both Jaguars tight ends. So if I was on Jeopardy and that was a question, would have aced it. Um, right. But yeah, no, I think that Jacksonville could be, like we said before, Jacksonville is going to get a few of these guys that we wouldn't necessarily expect them to get, but they have the money to do it. Exactly. So, all right, we, I got two more names here, uh, both from the same team, but I'm going to start uh, with Justin Simmons, who's maybe an underrated safety in this league. I feel like, you know, when you think about big names in the league, maybe the, the average fan wouldn't know, but Justin Simmons is a very, very talented safety in this league. Maybe a, a top five, if you, you can argue that. He's mm-hmm. going to be a free agent. I would say he probably ends up back in Denver. I think Denver really likes him. But uh, yep. what say you? I think he ends up back in Denver, but for the sake of saying that he doesn't, there's a bunch of teams I would love. I, to me, he's a top five safety in the league. He's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of teams who need help at the position. We just said Jacksonville. God knows they need it. Yep. And they will be able to afford it. I think that they'll be one of the teams uh, in contention there. I think Tennessee also could be very much in contention. They're a playoff team who needs a little bit of help on the offensive side. I think that he could be in the mix there. Uh, you look at the kind of the bad teams. I mean, I don't know what I just said Jacksonville, but Atlanta could use it because their secondary is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Seattle, you pair them with Jamal Adams. That would be a little mm-hmm. bit of fun. Now, I don't know how their cap space is really going right now. I think that they're they're, they're sitting at almost $5 million. So, you know, so that can, would be a little make, bit of tough. They can move some pieces around, but yeah, that'd be yeah. a little tough. 
But no, there's an endless abundance of teams that would very much enjoy the services of Justin Simmons. Um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Arizona, they're Cowboys. I think he's going, if if he doesn't, if he doesn't stick around in Denver, I think Dallas would throw a ton of money at him. They were linked all over Jamal Adams back when uh, he was, he was saying he was going to get traded from, from the Jets. So I think, I mean, Dallas needs everything on defense, but definitely you start with a safety, you fix up that secondary. I think Justin Simmons is the perfect piece to add for that secondary. I feel like they were linked to every safety who was yes. rumored to be on the move. They were linked <laughs> to Jamal Adams. They were linked to Earl Thomas. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah, that could, that would make a lot of sense for their defensive backfield right now, which needs all the help it can get. Mm-hmm. All right. I got one more name. Uh, not, not a free agent yet, kind of in the same boat as Zach Ertz, but there's, there's rumors coming out today. We saw our friend Benjamin Albright tweet about it today, too, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Von Miller, the former uh, Super Bowl MVP. There's rumors that, you know, Denver doesn't want to pay the $17 million. Obviously, you know, he's going to be 32. I believe he's going to be 32 yeah. in March. So coming off a season-ending injury, I would expect – I think it's I think it's time that they move on. Uh, I, I don't think he's really worth the the money that they're going to pay. Denver needs a lot more help, and they have Bradley Chubb there, who, who's stepped in and been a very nice piece for them uh, when they drafted him. So, I I have a few teams here that you know I, I think this is the same boat as as the JJ Watt sweepstakes. You know, it's a team uh-huh. like Seattle, team like Cleveland, even maybe Buffalo, um, but teams that have some money to spend that are very close. I don't think he's going to want to go to a team where, you know, he'll just be a mentor. I think he wants to win. I mean, who doesn't want to win, but you know, a team like Seattle, definitely a team like Cleveland. I think, I think those would probably, I think Cleveland might be the one team that you would watch for if they don't get a player like JJ Watt. There's a wild card in all this. And I think Baltimore could be it. Mm, They could use a little bit of help off the edge. And it wouldn't be the first time that they took an aging Broncos star player. They signed (laughs) on this Doomerville whenever he was Mm -hmm. a free agent about a decade ago. So yeah, it wouldn't shock me if you would end up in Baltimore. Um, like I said, they're edge defenders. You know, since they lost CJ Mosley, you know, it hasn't been as effective off the edge. I think Von Miller would obviously fit in comfortably there as much as I would hate to see it. So hopefully, hopefully for- they keep their a forgotten name too is Yannick Ngakwe. He will be a free agent. The the weird he went to uh the Vikings and then the Vikings traded him like a couple of weeks later to mm-hmm. Baltimore. So Yannick Ngakwe will be a free agent. He didn't really play that well. Um, not he, he he hasn't played like his his self in Jacksonville since he moved on. But I think a team might will probably bite and, and pay some decent money for a guy like uh, Ngakwe. Yeah, I think I will too. I think a team like Kansas City would be able to get him for the cheap. You know, try to really just plug yeah. up even more you know weapons on that defensive line with Jones and uh, Frank Clark. So I think that a team like that, I think it'll be a contender who gets him for the cheap. I mm-hmm. think that'll be somewhere where he ends up like that, somewhere like a Kansas City, somewhere uh, who uh, maybe like a you know, maybe a Tampa Bay. I don't know. I mean, they need help on the defensive line as well. I could see Unique going back to Florida. So Tampa, Tampa's yeah. just got a lot of pieces that they got to sign. I mean, they they got to sign yeah. Levante David. They got to sign Chris Godwin. They got to. I mean, if they want to bring back Antonio Brown, there's who else? Shaq Barrett too. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys on that Tampa there's Bay a lot. team that. Might not be coming back, but maybe, you know, they want a Super Bowl. They want to come back and run it back, as they say. So, uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be very fun. I, I love talking free agents. Uh, I can't wait for March 17th when this all opens up. Yeah, it's going to be a ludicrous week, as it always is, once that kind of shapes in and everything becomes chaotic. So, yes. very excited for that. As always, we're grateful to you guys uh, for joining us. I do want to say something before we go. 
of and course. I never really delved into personal things, but you know, a few days ago, you know, I tweeted about mental health past few weeks. Haven't been the best for me. Um, you know, that everybody who has kind of asked me about it, you know, I didn't really want to open my closet for anybody to really see, but no, it has been a little bit of a struggle for personal reasons involving, you know, relationships and stuff like that. Um, but I just wanted to say to anybody who reached out to me, I appreciate you. You know, it does mean a lot to me. Um, and it's okay to talk about your mental health. You know, there's always, I think recently we've had that stigma go away where it's, you know, just mm -hmm. frowned upon to talk about. And that's a good thing um, because we all, we all need that. So if you feel like you just need to talk to somebody, go talk to somebody. Therapy, I think everybody needs therapy. Go to therapy if you can. Just talk to somebody about it if you can. It's incredibly helpful. And uh, don't be afraid to acknowledge that you're not okay because it's okay mm -hmm. to not be okay. And, um, you know, the past, like I said, past few weeks have been a little bit rougher for me and anybody who reached out, I appreciate you. Um, and this is always a good escape talking to you, my friend, being able to just talk about the thing we love most and that's football. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. My friend, we are always, even if you're out there, reach out to us. If you want to have a conversation about anything, reach out to us, come talk to us about football. We'll be your escape. That's why maybe you're listening to us to be an escape. So we appreciate anybody that's listening. Um, but yes, like you said, don't be afraid to talk about it because you know what? We're human and life is freaking crazy. So uh, 2020 is. has not been easy. Let's hope 2021 is a little better. We're almost two months through, but uh, let, let's hope let's hope it's a little better than 2020 because March is coming up and it's almost one year since all of this went down. Yeah, it's crazy that March is next month considering March feels like it was last month. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. We appreciate Ryan Suckup for coming on the show. Guys, we're yes. going to have so many guests coming up in the yes. next few weeks and I'm so, so excited. Um, I, I am very, I am very excited. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Maybe, maybe uh, yes. somebody close to my heart will be on the show. But yes, we we have, like I said at the beginning of the show, off season is fun for us because you know during the season these guys are busy. They got you know practices every day, meetings every night. So off season is their time to relax and, and come on laces out. So uh, definitely keep an eye out on Twitter for all these announcements and. You guys can find me on Twitter at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Homeser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88, uh, at The Laces Out Pod, I believe, right? Yeah, it's, yes. it's new. Okay, yes. The Laces Out Pod. So find us on there. And Jarrett, where can they find you? You can find me at Jay Bailey NFL for all your NFL opinions, news, articles, everything going on for me at Fansite and at Sports Illustrated at Jay Bailey NFL. Beautiful. And like we said, we might have uh, might have some some more announcements coming up in the next few days. So definitely keep an eye out for that. But thank you again to Ryan Suckup for coming on the show. Super Bowl champion. Feels good. We had a Super Bowl champion on the show. That it does. So as Kurt said, thank you to Ryan Suckup. Thank you to all you for listening. Keep up with us on Twitter uh, for more announcements coming because there will be more announcements uh, mm -hmm. for different guests coming on. So we're excited for what the next few weeks and the next few months hold because it's going to be a busy time for us talking to some of the biggest names around the NFL and we appreciate all of them for giving us some of their time. So like we said, uh, turn on our notifications on Twitter. If you can, if you want to yeah. find out all of the guests that we're going to have on, it's going to be a fun few months as we, uh, we, we head toward the NFL free agency period. So stick with us until then. We appreciate all of you listening. This is Laces Out. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.